0: That's nice. Uh, So we're going to, uh, I have the privilege of uh, opening God's word with you. By the way, my name's Andy, one of the pastors here. I'm glad that you're here to worship with us today. Uh, We're going to open God's word together, uh, continuing in our uh, look at at some of the names of God that are revealed in the uh, the Bible. Um, And so we're going to talk about one of God's names this morning. And it's kind of a part two to last night's message. Last night we talked about... Uh, what Jesus came to save us from. This morning, I wanna talk about what Jesus came to save us for. Remember, when you think about using the word save, you can use it in two ways. You can say, I'm saving someone from drowning, (laughs) rescuing them, or we can talk about saving for, saving up for a car or whatever it might be. So last night we talked about how Jesus saves us from our sins, this morning I want to talk about what he came to save us for. But before we get into that, just for a little bit of fun, on Christmas morning, let's have a little bit of Christmas Bible trivia. Who's up for that? Woo! All right, so here are, here are a few questions. We'll start off with the easy ones. What cousin did Mary stay with after finding out she was pregnant with Jesus? Elizabeth, Elizabeth. good job. What was the name of the angel who appeared to Mary and told her she was going to be with child? Gabriel, Gabriel. yep. Multiple choice. About how many miles did Joseph and Mary have to travel to get to Bethlehem? How many say A? When you say B, C, D, and the answer is about 90 miles, and they walked it. They walked it, right? That's a, that's a long walk. Um, here's another one. Uh, how many wise men came to visit Jesus after he was born? The answer is the Bible doesn't say. So we love the Christmas song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, but uh, the Bible doesn't actually say how many. It just tells us that there were three gifts that they brought, or at least it tells us three of the gifts that they ended up bringing. Okay, last one. No, let's end with a couple of (laughs) true-false. Those are easy, right? 50-50 chance. The Bible says Jesus was born in December. True or false? false? False. Yeah, you guys know better than that. Okay, and then the last one is this. Christmas wasn't celebrated until 300 years after Jesus was born. True or false? How many say true? How many say false? The answer is true, sort of. Uh, (laughs) It's a trick question. So Christians celebrated the birth of Christ in various ways and on various days uh, from the very beginning. But Christmas was not a holiday in its own right until the late 4th century, uh, near the end of the 300s. And it actually wasn't a holiday with public prominence, until 800 AD, so that's 800 years after Christ was born. That's when Christmas really became a holiday that was widely celebrated. Uh, And so, um, anyway, just a little Christmas trivia, fun on Christmas. We're talking about names of God. Uh, Hallowed be thy name is our series. The name of God that I wanna talk about this morning is Abba, Abba. That's one of the words translated father, um, and as I was preparing for this, I thought it would be fun to look up some of the ways to say father in other languages. So, of course, we have the English, American English father and dad. Um, we have in you know, British English, pater is a name for father. In Albanian, baba. Um, pere in French. Padre in Spanish. Far in Norwegian. Yes, I had to include Norwegian in there. We are in Stoughton, after all. Far um, or Fuchin in Chinese. And there's a Fuchin. Oh, that was kind of weak. Okay, um, let's try the Ukrainian. Bachko. That's the Ukrainian for father, right? And, and as I was looking at it, there were a whole bunch of different ways of saying father in different languages. But one of the things that really stood out to me as I was looking at some of those is that every single language has at least two words for father. A formal word and an informal word. A, a formal way of saying father and an intimate, close, familial way of saying father. In English, the informal ways might be daddy or papa. And it's interesting that every language has at least two ways of saying father and every language has at least two ways of saying mother, a formal way and an informal way, right? So I I found that to be very interesting and as I was thinking about this and studying for this, I naturally thought of what kind of father am I? Am I close or distant, right? Am I harsh or not? Am I formal or informal? Am I reactive or am I responsive? And that last one really challenged me as I was thinking through that because when I react to my kids, I don't reflect the Heavenly Father, right? I I lose my temper, I yell, I raise my voice, I slam my fist on the table or whatever. When I react that way, I'm not a reflection of Christ or our Heavenly Father. But when I respond to my kids, I respond differently, now, sometimes responding to a situation does require disciplinary action, but it's carried out in a different spirit and in a different way. And I was thinking about that, what kind of father am I? And that's a really important question because we often see God the Father through the lens of our earthly fathers, right? And so I was, I was thinking about what kind of father am I and, and, and that whole question, then I thought about what kind of dad did I have? And I thought, what kind of dad did you have, Did you have a a father who was uh, emotionally available or a dad who was emotionally distant? A father who was affectionate or a father who was cold, right? A father who was strict and harsh almost to the point of being legalistic in his upbringing of you or a dad who was overly lax. Almost like, I don't even care enough about you to set healthy boundaries for your life. Like, what, where, what kind of dad did you have? Maybe some people here didn't even know their dad. Maybe you didn't have a great dad. Maybe he abandoned you. Maybe you had a great dad. I don't know. But whatever kind of earthly father your dad was, if you belong to Jesus, you have a heavenly father who is absolutely good. He is Absolutely good. And that's what we're going to look at today. God's name for today, Abba. Abba is the uh, intimate, close, familial way of saying father. It really translated uh, means daddy or papa. This is how God reveals himself in scripture. Not just as father, but as papa, as Daddy. He is our heavenly Papa. And, and last night we talked about what Jesus saves us from. This morning I want to talk about what Jesus saves us for. And that is an intimate, loving, affectionate, and eternal relationship with Papa, our heavenly Papa. Do you know that Jesus called God his father 156 times in John's gospel alone? That's powerful revelation of how God wants to relate to us. Through the Holy Spirit, we can call God our Abba, our Papa, our Daddy. So what I want to do this morning with you is just look at a few passages of scripture. This This is just a scratching the surface of what kind of father God is, right? What kind of dad did you have? If you're a dad, what kind of dad are you? But then let's Raise that and look at God. What kind of father is God? What kind of dad is our daddy, our heavenly papa? And, and I could go on and on and on forever with this, but here I just picked a few passages from Scripture to share with you. Psalm 68, 5 and 6 says this, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. He's a father to the fatherless. He sets the lonely in families and sets us free, right? Uh, Psalm 103, verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are dust. God knows our weaknesses, he knows our insecurities, he knows our fears, and he doesn't judge and condemn, but he has compassion on us. He is a compassionate papa. Jesus taught a lot about God as father. In Matthew chapter six, verse 28, Jesus said, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the kingdom grow? They do not labor or spin." but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. God is a father who knows everything that we need and takes care of our needs. In Luke 12, 32, Jesus said, um, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. God is not the kind of dad who gets annoyed when his children come and ask him things. He doesn't say, leave me alone, I'm busy fixing this problem over here in this country of the world. I don't have time for your request right now. No. God is pleased to give his children his entire kingdom. He is delighted to give everything and in abundance more than we need, more than we could ask or imagine. That's the kind of dad our God is. In 2 Corinthians 6:18. It says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And one of my favorites, James chapter 1, verse 17, says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God is generous, He is good, He is always good, all the time. He never changes. There is no darkness in him at all. There's no shadow in him. There's no uh, despair. There's no hopelessness. He is always good all the time, always giving good gifts to his children. That's the kind of Papa God is. Now I could go on and on and on. The Bible's full of the love and faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. But uh, we don't have time to do all of the Bible this morning. Uh, so anyway, I encourage you to read the Bible this year. It might be a good thing to do uh, in 2023. In spite of this, these few verses I, that, that we've looked at the character of our God, some people still feel uncomfortable calling God Papa or Daddy. Most of us probably don't frequently begin our prayers with Daddy or Papa and sometimes we feel a little bit uh, disrespectful even addressing the king of the universe in, a, in an informal or sometimes childish way. And I understand that. God is the king of the, he's the creator of the universe. As Gary read or, or prayed just a moment ago, he sustains the universe by the word of his power. Without his sustaining of the universe, it would just vanish into thin air. We would cease to exist, right? So his ultimate power, ultimate uh, authority belongs to him. So I understand maybe a a heart of reverence and an appropriate fear of the Lord. But I want to uh, reframe our thinking just a little bit. Uh, Imagine that your dad was the President of the United States, that's about as close as an analogy I can come to on, the, on a human level, right? Imagine that your dad was the president of the United States. If you needed something or needed to talk to your dad, would you have to go through the security checks and be frisked by a Secret Service agent? Would you come into the Oval Office and say, Mr. President, I have written up a proposal for you. It's 4,155 pages, and I need you to make a decision on it tonight. No, that's a different joke. Um, right. <laughs> Imagine that your dad was the president of the United States. Would you come in and address him that way? No. No, you would say, "Dad, I need your you just walk into his office, "Dad, I need your help with something." Right? And if that analogy doesn't land with you, let's flip it around. Imagine that you are the president of the United States. How would you want your children to address you? Mr. President, Madam President, with a formal request? Or would you want them to come into your office? Would you want your kids to have complete access to you all the time, even though you're the President of the United States? Right? Of course, we would want our kids to have access to us all the time in spite of our position as President. I think that's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you come before God, do you come before the king of the universe or do you come before your papa, your daddy? And I understand that there is a time and a place for formality and decor But I think the primary way that God wants to relate to us, the the primary relationship that he wants to have with us, what Jesus came to save us for, is a relationship with our Papa. Is God the king of the universe who also just happens to be your father? Or is he your daddy who also just happens to be the king of the universe? I think God wants to be first and foremost primarily our Papa, our Abba, our Daddy. Romans chapter eight, verse 14. For those of you who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, by the Holy Spirit, by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. This is what Jesus came to save us for. And through him and through his Spirit in us, we come to God and we cry out, Daddy, I need you. Daddy, I love you. Daddy, would you save me? Daddy, would you help me? God is Abba. I am your Papa. I am your Daddy. This morning we're going to celebrate communion. In our Papa's house, he has a table. And at his table, each one of his children has a seat, has a place. And if you have trusted yourself to christ and received his holy spirit in you you have a seat at his table if you haven't done that you can acknowledge your sin confess christ as your savior receive the holy spirit and god will become your papa but for those of us who have made that decision we do something we call it the lord's supper or communion it's just a, a prefiguring of the, the meal that we will all celebrate when Christ returns. It's not a full supper, obviously. But the bread that we eat symbolizes the body of Christ. Jesus came as a flesh and blood human being. That's what Christmas is all about. He was born as a man, as a, a baby who grew into a man. And then he was crucified. He, his body was broken for our sin. His blood was shed for our sin so that we could be saved for a relationship with our Heavenly Father, with our Papa. And so that's what we celebrate Uh, when we do communion. We remember that Jesus died to save us from our sins and for our Father. And this morning we're going to do that in remembrance of him. You don't have to be a member of Lakeview Church to celebrate communion with us. We do ask that you have trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, The juice that we drink is non-alcoholic, so don't worry about that. Um, But let's pray and remember and then celebrate communion together.